0: Jane Slater.
1: Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I'm your host, Jane Slater, joined by Aisha. We have got Jess and we've got Kelsey joining us remotely. And you can't see her right now, but Haley, just kind of walk into Come frame over here. here. Hey
2: girl. Come say Haley hello. Hello. is
1: a new Dallas Cowboys team reporter. <laughs> She's she has awesome. asked some excellent questions. She has been absolutely fearless in the press conferences. And this is not an easy team. Uh, to just sort of helicopter into, so good for her. Welcome to Dallas. Glad to have you here, and also hello to Jasmine, our amazing producer here on Girls Talk Boys Talk. Well, there's never a dull moment here in Jerryland. I love that uh, Rich Eisen on NFL Network. He always calls it the the Jerry Mahal. You know, it's like the Taj Mahal, the Jones Mahal <laughs> is what he calls it. Uh, but there's always something going on at the Jones Mahal, and today. I, had sh- I showed up here at the NFL, I mean, after doing some NFL Network hits, and I hear that Jerry Jones is off to the side doing a little bit of a scrum because he had just done a sit-down interview with ESPN ahead of Monday Night Football. And so I didn't think he was going to say much. I, I should know better. Yeah. That, was, that was a rookie mistake, and I'm a veteran around here. Uh, Jerry said a lot. Jasmine is working on pulling in the sound for me. Jasmine, let me know when you have it. Um, But this is what everyone's talking about on Twitter today as it relates to his quarterback situation. Cooper Rush will get his second start uh, against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Keep in mind, we haven't seen him in back-to-back starts yet. So I think this is interesting that everybody, it's such a a Dallas thing to do when covering this team. Uh, I'm talking the Nationals. You know, we had, uh, you know, the narratives on the national networks this week talking about the fact that uh, maybe Cooper Rush needs to be studying Dak Prescott, which Bye. or Dak needs to be studying Cooper Rush this week, which I found entertaining. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and Jerry wasn't helping the situation today. You know, yeah. for those of us that cover this team, you try to be responsible in your takes and, you know, you discuss things, what you see with your eyes, what people in the locker room tell you. Um, and again, Jasmine, just let me know when you have the sound. But I just – the whole thing was fascinating to me today. I know you missed this, Aisha, so I cannot wait for your real-time <laughs> reaction to this. Well, yeah. uh, Kelsey, I know you heard it. And I love that we're, like, drum drumroll tease because I don't want to give it away.
3: I know. You just know. have to hear it's, it for yourself. You have to hear it for yourself because – It's Cowboys thing, though. Like, it is. Like, this is exactly why you've heard Jerry Jones talk about – he's like, listen, you're going to talk about me all you want, but just make sure you spell my name right. Like, this is a perfect – example of that in my personal opinion they can make headlines even when you have your star quarterback off the field people are questioning if you could even make it through to when it gets back like yet still still the dallas cowboys are going to lead sports center in some way or another or whatever other major network program in the sports industry and and this is a perfect example as to how and why
1: uh the problem is we have to get clearance from John Mischoda, Jasmine. If John sent me that uh, video and told me that I could use it for Instagram and NFL Network, do you think that we can get it here?
3: I'm literally going to text him right now. All right, doing John Mischoda is giving us phone. clearance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll play this. We'll. I hate that uh, we didn't plan this out. I thought we already had it in the system. It's it's just honestly that entertaining. We'll come back to this storyline here in a second, because Jazz, yeah. I did send it to you here, so hopefully it's it gets to you, it's taken a little bit. Um, but when we talk about Cooper Rush, I did get a chance to catch up with center Tyler Biotish in the locker room today. And I said, What is it about Cooper specifically in the huddle? And he said, Of course they have a different personality, but he keeps the vibe consistent, which I thought was interesting. He said, Dak is the rah-rah guy. Mm-hmm. He's constantly bumping fists, but that's what Coop's doing in there. He's bumping the fist. And while a lot of this offensive line hasn't gotten a lot of time with Cooper Rush, because obviously Dak has gotten all the reps, he said last week and even more so this week, he's pulling guys aside and making sure... Specifically, even as wideouts, that they're all on the same page, hmm. um, that they they have a sense that this is a collaboration, that they're in this together. And so, even when you're watching the tape, when you were looking at the first drive, the second drive, and as the game went on, was that your observation as the guys are clapping out of the huddle, lining up the line of scrimmage, that it seemed like these guys knew what the plan was? Yeah,
4: and there was a rhythm. It was a that that was one thing in the Bucks game. You, they never really got into a rhythm, and when they did get into a rhythm, there was a penalty, there was something going wrong. So. Definitely, you could tell at the start of this game that that script was real. Like they had been scouting, and that's one thing that I had been so frustrated about for quite a few games. Is I'm like, I'm like, what's the plan here? Because you know that what they're going to be doing defensively, but you could also tell that 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 camaraderie did come into place. Because I felt like these receivers were fighting through contact. I feel like you know a lot of those big grabs that Noah Brown had, he went up there and got it, and Cooper gave him a chance. And even when he was scrambling, you saw guys coming back to their their quarterback. So I really do I do agree that they do have some type of chemistry going on like behind the scenes.
2: And I think a lot of it is chemistry and it's trust. And I I think that, you know, not only do these younger wide receivers have this trust within Cooper Rush, but I think offensively, he's been around for for years. And this is something that we've talked about. He's not just a backup quarterback that they grabbed this year and said, okay, there you go. Uh, You know, this is your team. You're going to fill Dak's shoes. He's been around. He knows the playbook. He knows Kellen Moore. He knows the scheme. You know, whether the scheme is working or not, that's Mm -hmm. that's a different conversation, right? But he knows the Scheme. He's been around and he has the trust. That's why, personally, I think Noah Brown had such a good game is because they've been working together. And Noah Brown even talked about that in one of his interviews yesterday. He talked about how, well, Coop's just, uh, you know, he's a consistent guy and, and he doesn't have highs, he doesn't have lows, he's just consistent. And and I think the trust that these guys have in him says a lot. And uh, you know, of course, of course, he's not Dak Prescott. That that's not the conversation we're having here. It's he's your well, backup. Jerry is, so well, that's what we're going to yeah. talk about. It. Okay. us personally us personally that's not what we're saying but i i think in the meantime as far as a backup quarterback situation goes this is the best situation they could have put themselves in because he has that trust established within the offense as a whole and,
1: and kelsey like- the fact that 31 other teams pat i mean talk about the cowboys getting lucky here because yeah, when mean- we when we looked at camp we were talking about will greer was pushing cooper mm-hmm. rush which is fascinating to me as we go back and sort of reflect on all of this yeah um But the fact that 31 other teams didn't want him and the big reason why you didn't bring another guy in here and they were talking about not getting somebody off the streets is because even Mike McCarthy alluded to this in the offseason, the terminology with this game plan is a little different with Kellen Moore. Mm. So even they talked about with Jason Peters, the sort of ramping him up, they're getting him used to some of the terminology of the offense. So finding a guy just off the street to plug and play was tricky. What were they going to do if somebody took Cooper Rush? Well, honestly, honestly yeah, too. Like, you,
4: oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Kelsey. Go uh, ahead, No, so you're good.
3: I honestly think like, that that's massive, you guys. Like, I think it's one of the reasons, too, like, that you see. I'm not going to put too much stock into it, but I feel like it's honestly one of the reasons why it could make sense for a team like, like the Giants to pick up a Jalen Smith because he had been in the, in the conversations when having to game plan against the Kellen Moores and understanding, mm-hmm. like, the way he thinks. Like, any yeah. little tool you can add – isn't going to hurt at least, or at least they hope not. But yeah, like, you know, a guy like Cooper Rush did get passed up by a lot of teams. He literally went with Jason Garrett to the Giants before, and, you know, looking at him on paper, you're like, yes, I would probably rather at least on initial like thought, have a guy who's a seasoned veteran, who's a seasoned starter in the league. But I think this is a great testament to consistency is key. And he has been making the effort to be in the room with these guys. He's done the time. He knows these people. These are not only friends, but like, these are true teammates and, and, dare I say, kind of family. So, Jane, I thought it was great last week when you talked about Noah Brown. That was such a clutch call, and, and it makes so much sense. And I feel like that's why this team has a lot of confidence in him. But I feel like at the same time, you know, he still has a lot of challenges in front of him, so um yeah. you know, I'm excited for him, but I think there's a
1: to come. Talk about a dubious honor. If uh, Rush gets this win and one. well, if he gets this win, Rush can join Hall of Famer Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett <laughs> as the only Cowboys starting QBs to win their first three career starts. This will be his first start about a, against a division rival, though. Mm-hmm. And I think when they play division games, it is a totally different ball game. And I also think once you get some more tape on Cooper Rush, that's what's going to make this thing fascinating to me. I think it's easy when you – not easy, but I think it's more of a challenge for opposing defenses when you don't exactly know what the tendencies of a quarterback are. But now that they've got the preseason tape, they've got Minneapolis, and they've got last week, I'm just curious if the Giants, specifically Wink Martindale – who we saw what he was able to do in Baltimore. We're seeing what he's doing uh, with this Giants defense who looks so different, and we'll get to that in a little bit, how uh, this is going to shake out for Cooper Rush in his second start. But here we are. It's just his second career start for the Cowboys, his third career start uh, since joining the team. He's been here for the last six years. Here's Jerry Jones outside of the press conference room stirring things up. Jasmine, thanks for bringing it in. John Michaudant, thanks for shooting this.
0: Okay, wouldn't it be something if you had a dilemma as to uh, which way you go? You do that if he gets 10 wins. Same thing would happen with Prescott. I think like that. So you'd want that? You'd want that controversy? Of course I would. Okay. Of course that means we'd won. (laughs) if he comes in here and plays as well as Prescott played, Rush, played that well over these next games ahead,
4: I'd walk New York to get there. (laughs)
1: I mean, the stuff that comes out of Jerry's mouth, as if he hasn't put enough pressure. We had an extensive conversation about this in media match with Dewey Scruggs right before we got in here. So go listen to that if you want to hear that whole uh, meltdown from me, because it was literally coming right off the locker room and my reaction to it. You're already putting enough pressure under Dak Prescott to get back. In other words, you've got your owner coming out here and saying he can play as, as, as early as next week, which is wild to me. And you've got Mike McCarthy saying he's already pushing the envelope and Ezekiel Elliott today telling us that he's constantly showing him his thumb and and Zeke's sitting there going, we want you back healthy, slow your roll. Uh, But you've got the owner talking about him coming back quick, right? With this like exaggerated uh, timeline. And now you've got him sitting here talking about he'd like a quarterback controversy. I don't know how that's productive for the locker room, right? Like I get why he's doing it, Kelsey. We've been around here long enough. It's... Any news is good news for Jerry.
3: I, I know. It's, I just, it's, I it's used the word disrespectful
1: earlier. I, yes. I thought it was a little disrespectful to Dak.
3: I, I 100% agree. And I feel like I we saw this happen this summer with Mike McCarthy and DQ, Dan Quinn. Right? Like Dan Quinn. <laughs> like having these conversations where you are just outright disrespecting one of the members of your staff or one of the members of your team. Like, I will tell you, I had some conversations with some folks that, are you know, have some pretty direct connections to the team when I saw this come out. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, this is not a mutually exclusive conversation. Like, Cooper Rush and Dak are friends. Yeah. They have a great relationship. Dak's not one of those guys, and there are players out there who are so competitive that they can honestly become unhelpful. Yep. Like, they literally will withhold knowledge, and they'll kind of be jerks, for lack of a better saying it. And, And the predecessor they they're not trying to help you whatsoever they're like listen Roy man, Williams you're Des Bryant a
1: great example Roy was not trying to train his replacement Tony,
3: yes. Tony and, and Dak. Tony.
1: that was a weird that was a weird one that year but that one was tricky because Romo stayed away from the facility mm. and i yeah. think that he he i don't think he saw the train coming the way some of us did in other words Because he wasn't around the facility, he didn't see how that locker room rallied around Dak as quick as they did. And so the whole thing I remember early on, going back to 2016, was such a fascinating unfolding of all of this. Because I'll never forget being in Green Bay. uh, Tony had flown up there with the ownership. Dak wins that one on the road against the Packers. And it's me and Ed Werder in the training room pressing Jerry. All right, who's your starter? Like, Dak's coming back. Who is it? And Jerry essentially bit Ed Werner's head off and said, you've been putting words in my mouth for years, but you could tell he was struggling with that. And then he goes on the radio and says, you got to go with the hot hand. But I just don't see the same parallels here. And that's why I struggle with him talking about this when it's only Cooper's second career start, especially when there's been these national narratives that we all
2: knew were coming this week. Here's my question. Why does it always have to be a competition in this way? I'm all about pushing the other one to get better in, a, in you know, a healthy competition, but why does it always have to be a quarterback competition between the backup and the starter? At what point is it enough of, of that conversation and saying, OK, Cooper rushes in, and then as soon as Dak is healthy again, Dak is in. I don't understand why this conversation comes up every single time and and the Cowboys fan brain on my side seeing it on Twitter right i was i had the emotional reaction just like everybody else saying like what the heck is going on why are we saying this i'm just tired of this conversation because it happens every single time and at the end of the day do we actually think that Jerry is going to allow Cooper Rush to start when Dak is healthy?
1: Look, I think that in 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 his mind, he'd love to have that as a negotiation trip and a mm, chip. In fair. other words, when you're looking at cap space, yeah, you got that's a guy fair. like Cooper Rush, you can go to Todd France, who was really tricky in the negotiations. And then when we're looking at what uh, Lamar Jackson just left on the table, and what Kyler Murray ultimately got, when we start talking about getting in people's bags. I yeah. think he would love to be able to go and say, "Well, we'd love to pay Dak Prescott, but look what Cooper Rush- like." In it's other so words, the same thing they did with Demarcus Lawrence, right? Yeah. They had Micah Parsons, yeah. and they were like, "Well, look what we've got from Micah." So f- f- <laughs> it's it's actually what he's doing, and it's no different than what, kind of what they're doing with Ceedee Lamb. Well, it's a setup. I mean, Ceedee Lamb, saying it's a setup. I'm not saying it's a setup. Uh, well, but I I'm also... saying he's not going on record. Oh, tracking saying that this. Like, in other words, like it's like when you're dating. Ugh. Oh, if you God. tell don't the guy that. that you
2: like him, no, nope, don't ever do that. That it, advice. it it's sort of like it <laughs> sort of takes away a little bit, right? Like he's playing yeah. a little hard to get yeah. here.
1: So I just I think the whole thing is fascinating. I think it's all a show. I think it's what Jerry does and Zeke sort of backed that up when we talked to him about it outside the locker room. Can we get the sound, Jasmine?
2: I mean, I think that's just <laughs> I, don't, I don't really pay much attention to that. But it's just really. Those people on TV to get clicks, to get views, you're going to say the most outrageous stuff, you're going to get the most attention. That's their job. So who knows if they even believe that? <laughs> from, more inside, from more inside the building, Jerry just said, wouldn't it be something if we had a dilemma at the end of Cooper's time here? We'll See, there you go. <laughs> That's a classic example. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jerry said
2: that. Well, yeah, he he wants y'all to be clicking and listening to him too.
5: <laughs> it's
2: all marketing, man. It's all marketing. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> he knows marker, what we know, I take guys. We spent 18 minutes of this podcast talking
2: about what Jerry said for 30 seconds. Also, you know, Jane, to your point that you were talking about before we played that clip is this is just such a bad conversation to be having, especially with Dak and and the conversation that's been coming up of him being injury prone, even though these injuries have been freak accidents and it's not necessarily an injury prone player. It just brings up conversations that do not need to be rehashed. Bury the dead, leave it alone, move on. I, I mean, at the end, of the day what else can you do is is uh covering the team or being a fan should just be used to it at this point I I mean really
3: I'm not what it it is it's toxic I'm sorry like it is and like it's just I don't think it's productive and like I say that with all the love of my heart for this team but like they're really I didn't I don't love that I don't think the players love that I think you heard that in Zeke's voice I think this team has been so bought in on the culture And you have to be bought in on the culture when it comes to a time like this. And I just really feel like that kind of commentary can actually be really, really incredibly damaging, and it's just unnecessary. I really think, and and it's also short-sighted because a lot of these guys have the same agent. So if you're out there talking about Mm -hmm. like you're going to disrespect, I mean, it disrespects your franchise quarterback. You think Todd France is the only person that that only he? I'm sorry, let me root Mm for that Dak Prescott is the only person that Todd France represents? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's just so short-sighted and well, I just, it was unnecessary.
1: And two things here. I I am curious what Mike McCarthy thinks about that because that, yeah. that doesn't help. But uh, it actually, I think, strengthens the relationship that Dak and Mike can have in this situation of, look, we're in the trenches together. Yeah. We all know what Jerry's doing. We all know what he's saying. And of course, any owner actually privately thinks like that. You want quarterback competition for the reasons I just laid out right. for contract negotiations. It's just most don't say it out loud.
4: I mean, your, your, your backup qu- quarterback is doing what he's supposed to be doing, man. Like this is, this is nuts. Like well, dude, sh- he's coming in, he's playing ball. Like he's doing exactly his <laughs> what his job is. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. coming in and doing his job and that's all you should be asking him to do. I don't, it's, it's annoying and, to me because what other teams are going through this, where their backup quarterback comes in and all of a sudden he's the starter having these conversations. Like, it is disrespectful to Dak Prescott and the work that he's done. I mean, Cooper Rush has two games on his belt. Like, stop that. I was and also going to say, Aaron Rodgers hated
1: it when they brought in Jordan Love. I mean, well, it's, stop hated that. it.
4: Stop and
2: that. I was going to say too. You know, we've seen we've seen two games out of Cooper Rush. Not even back to back, like you mentioned. So. Can we just continue to see what Cooper Rush is going to produce before we get too ahead of ourselves? Yeah, And, and I'm not saying, look, he's going to go out there and lose. Of course I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is slow your roll, everybody. We only saw him play one game this season so far. And it came down to a kick it, it, in the final seconds yeah. of the game. It's, it's not worth having the you conversation. You got shut out in the
1: second half.
2: For the most part, I mean, think about that. Offensively, it wasn't their best half by any no. means. That second half,
1: and again, I'm not to your point. I'm not taking anything away from Cooper Rush. I think he right. managed the game great. I think those two opening drives. It was the first time that they were able to score in ten uh, drives before it. That's significant for whatever reason. And we discussed this a little bit yesterday. Cooper Cooper Rush feels like he's playing a little bit more. Uh, I don't feel like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. And in, in other words, he's the backup, right? And I don't think he's ambitious enough or hasn't shown that side of him that he wants that starting job. Will this help him in the open markets next year? Absolutely. Because 31 other teams didn't want it. But my point is, I think he was able to play freer because he didn't have the responsibility. If I go and fill in uh, on Good Morning Football, I'm not getting that job so Mm -hmm. I can have fun with it. Mm -hmm. But when it's your job, there is a pressure to perform every day. And I also think that he's had these freak injuries, and he had this – offensive line that had so many new faces. And so I think there was a little bit of second guessing back there in the first game. And he didn't have the preseason.
4: Oh yeah. Doug Prescott Cooper yeah. had
1: the preseason. Mm. And so again, I need to see a larger sample size yeah. before I'm waiting into this debate. Could we be talking about something completely different in the next two or three weeks? Maybe. But right now, I just feel like it's really premature. It's not That's a what I'm debate. saying. It's that not a premature narrative. Yeah, it's a blow your
2: right. roll. Just let them float. Don't let panic. Them. Just focus on Monday's game against the Giants, and that is that. Well, because I think they have their work cut out for them come Monday with the Giants' defense, and and really, it's it's going to come down to the defense uh, to carry. essentially I think to carry the game the defense is going to have to step up everybody's going to have to play you know their part special teams is going to have to play a big part and off the offense is going to have to as well so
1: I agree let's talk a little bit more about that Giants defense when we come back we're going to take our first break here it is girls talk boys talk brought to you by Jigsaw Dating the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys
0: All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
1: to girls talk boys
2: talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys but first join former nfl players for our first game day mini camp presented by invisalign drop the kids off at ford center on october 2nd from 11 30 to 3 30 while you watch the dallas cowboys and washington commanders game from your favorite restaurant at the star district to register your footballer for camp visit dallas cowboys.com slash academy well i know Thank everyone's you everyone's always (laughs)
1: interested in injury updates. Micah Parsons was not at practice today, but don't freak out. If you're a Cowboys fan, he is simply dealing with a cold. I had the sniffles earlier in the week too. I think there's something going around. I definitely feel it. Uh, So there's that. We'll see how he is tomorrow. As for Michael Gallup, he's getting that full slate this week. Remember we talked that Dennis Houston, uh, they released him. He is obviously back, made his way to the practice squad. But Michael Gallup will uh, see his second padded practice tomorrow, and it's looking like he's trending in the right direction. I'd be very shocked if we didn't see him play on Monday. Thank you, Jasmine, for that. Uh, And then (laughs) as for Dalton Schultz, I'm a little bit more more surprised on this one. Uh, He's been dealing with that right knee injury, not dissimilar from Ezekiel Elliott, who, by the way, played through it uh, last season. But it sounds like they're giving him a little bit more each day, and the critical practice for him is going to be on Sunday. If he feels good, then he might be good to go uh, on Monday as well. Uh, As for Kayvon Thibodeau, as it relates to the Giants, looks like he's trending in the right direction. Aisha doesn't think he's going to play. I feel like some of the stuff that Dayball is saying makes it feel like he is, but we'll, we'll monitor that one for you. And then Aziz Olujari, who is their leading tackler for the Giants, he has also been getting some work in at practice so that would definitely give them an interesting defensive front uh, a really good pass rush there if they get those two back. Uh we were talking a little bit about this defense is so different under Wink Martindale and if you're not familiar with Wink he was obviously at the Baltimore Ravens before this and they're showing so many different looks. They're you know we'll get to Aisha and what she's seen from the tape but Six DB fronts, using safeties in the box. And one of those safeties is Xavier McKinney. Mm-hmm. And I caught up with him uh, this afternoon ahead of the game on Monday, and he just talked about how it, it sounded the way that the players in this locker room talk about Dan Quinn. They are so excited to see what he's going to come up with yeah. and how collaborative he's been. And, and week to week, things are changing. And he said, man, we don't even have all of our players yet. That's what's exciting to them. Um, and so I even said to Ezekiel Elliott, They showed such different looks against the Titans. And then the following week when they played um, Carolina, how do you scout? And he said, well, look, when you've got a new staff or or any team, really, it's hard to scout the first four weeks of the season because you don't have a lot of tape. But I said, are you checking out the Baltimore tape? And he said they are. So I think this is going to be an interesting matchup, uh, especially if you get those two
4: pass rushers back. Yeah, and you were saying, like, when you start looking at what the Giants are doing with their new coaching staff – bringing in Wink Martindale is a big deal. They kind of remind me just of where they are, kind of like you said, where Dan Quinn was and this new regime of coaches coming in, trying to implement new stuff with their with their players, their draft picks, um, and they have reinforcements coming, kind of how we lost tank early. Well, the Cowboys lost tank early last year. But with their defensive line, um, right now it looks like they are doing a lot to bring pressure because their front four is having trouble with their you know key edge rushers out. And then you got Armstead, who obviously gets pressure up the middle, he's out too. So um, I, I've i seen them drop a safety, you know, at like, at the line of scrimmage, and he drops, and then it's very confusing. I kind of look at what Wink is doing. Like, he's a wizard with what he's working Wink. with. a wizard. <laughs> yes. Well, that's actually kind of nice. But with what he's working with right now, for them to be so good on third down, like – I'm not going to discount what they're doing defensively. I do think that the Cowboys will have spots to run the ball or pass the ball, especially with the tight ends because their linebackers struggle in coverage against running backs getting balls out the flat or tight ends on slants and stuff. So I'm really feeling like the offense may be able to move the ball in some spots. Their linebackers get their eyes caught in the backfield, and you got Jalen Smith in there, you know, with the extra little bit of information right now. So let's see.
1: So What's interesting, I, well, I was going to say, real quick, uh, Zeke was asked about I, – I actually asked him about this, and he said something <laughs> – that I didn't see get tweeted out, but he said he didn't think that they were always fundamentally sound, which is remember I'm what remember what old What's his face said last <laughs> week uh about Trayvon Diggs. I was like, Yeah,
4: why are you putting that out there, well, man? Well, because you, Zeke, we, you that out there. we talked about it though, is like they are some they're learning a new scheme. Yeah. So you will see guys out of out of a place, like not where they're supposed to be. Um some of their gap integrity is not always the best. Like these are some young players getting implemented to this new defensive, like I mean, hopefully they can catch him on substitutions. Like, I'm hoping that Cooper Rush, that's one thing that I saw from him this last game that I have to give him credit for, his command. I'm even drawing them off sides, getting those free plays, like the cadence, the, all of that stuff is so important. And I think with this young defensive line and some of the stuff they do, especially with so much substitutions because they're putting new packages out there and stuff, they can catch some slipping. I love and that you brought that one up because I did catch that on at least one play. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I see you, I Coop. said, okay, cool. Okay,
2: cool. Okay, free play. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is, Jane, you brought this up, the Giants defense right now very much so reminds me of Dallas's defense last year really establishing Dan Quinn's scheme, and it worked. He came in, he made a statement, the players respected him right off the bat, really. So I think with the Giants defense, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it, it may not be as scary as it is this year that it'll be in coming years, yeah. because this is just their starting point. And I think that's something very important to mention is the Giants defense is not bad by any means. I think I think they're going to be a big, big test to the O-line and Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush is really going to have to get that ball out of that pocket quickly because
4: they were collapsing that pocket mm. very quickly in their first two games from what I was watching. And the offensive line is going to have to – the communication is going to be really big between yeah. them because when they brain blitzes, like sometimes it looks like, okay, well this safety is lined up right here and they'll shift, they'll move. They're, what they're trying to do is get a guy – uh, like a free a free edge rusher a free rusher, and so they'll shift at the line of scrimmage. They throw a lot of stuff. So when you start looking at Matt Farniak uh, stepping in at guard, he's had a little bit of trouble there and that in the middle of there. Well, I was just about to say Bobby Belt was ah. at practice and observed yep. Jason Peters on the right side. Yep. yep. <laughs> See. What are what where are the Cowboys doing? I don't know. I hope they're not doing that because I want him to just play. I would like for him to just play left tackle and for them to just move Tyler Smith to left guard where I think Counterpart, he can have though, so much success. Oh, Wait, go ahead, Kelsey. Kelsey's like
3: counterpoint. Uh, I was like, listen, I, I hear that and like I was like so on that train because like Jason Peters, like obviously left tackle. But if you're thinking about like long term, Jason Peters isn't a part of your long term solution, right? Like yeah. he is a part of your okay we had to get someone in the door who could like really be a veteran presence, but he's at the end of his career. So if Tyler Smith, maybe sooner rather than later, has to take over that left tackle position. And he's been doing a pretty darn good job the last two games, which I, for one will eat crow all day because I was like, I don't think they're setting him up for success, like (laughs) right off the bat. So in my mind, I actually don't hate the idea of him staying at that left tackle position and then moving around the guy who's, not going to be a long-term person on this team because he does have enough of that veteran presence to be able to kind of just be a bit of a stopgap and get guys off the field who you probably don't want on the field right now, especially when you're trying to kind of plug things together and protect your backup quarterback.
1: I just find it fascinating because Terrence still has been the pet cat. Like, in other words, (laughs) I mean, Joe Philbin, Mike McCarthy, they just, the love affair I mean, Eric Burkhardt, his agent. They love him. I mean, they love him, Jay. Hey, I like, a, I'm a good I was so shocked at Combine listening to them talk about their love of Terrence Steele, which this is not a knock on Terrence Steele. Yeah. It's just they loved him so much they say goodbye to Leo Collins.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, but also you can see it on the – I mean, not trying to be funny, but you can see why. I was like, going to say. See, you can truly see why. I think he does have to improve, obviously, in the pass setting. But as a run blocker, for what the Cowboys want to be, like, because that was one of the biggest reasons why Leal was brought in, is that he could get to the second level. He was physical. Man, go look at Terrence Steele tape. Terrence Steele's tape, it's very similar. Like He likes getting upfield. He wants to hit someone. And this past game, you know, he had the penalties in the first game. This past game, he really came out there and reestablished himself and, to me, showed why they decided to make that decision. Tyler Biotish talked a little bit about that, too, because I said, you know, what is it about this offensive line? Mm-hmm. And he said they,
1: they played more disciplined. Tracking. Tracking. Um, and he thought that they did a really good job of communicating, finally. And yeah. so, I, you know, I—the I, fact true. that we're not talking about the offensive line—that's a good thing. Right. We're not talking about it. That's a good thing. Yeah, they and have an also
2: to Kelsey's but, point earlier, how how she said, you know. Kels I'm not calling you out but just there was a lot of people that had said you know Tyler Smith is going to be an issue the protection is going to be an issue but at the end of the day uh, to your point you said he, you didn't feel like he was set up for success essentially he wasn't and, and I think what's being overlooked is he is the reason yes. he is being successful that, right now because he has taken every single thing Jason Peters is telling him and he repeats yep. it over and over and over with every interview he's had in that locker room he repeats oh yeah Jason's telling me And and, uh, there was an interview he did yesterday where it was just amazing to hear him he's thanking the reporters first of all which that's how you know he's a newer guy right (laughs) like he's thanking the reporters in the locker room and he he mentions Jason by name and and so to your point Jason Peters yes towards the end of his career but suck the juice out of him like he's been use him for his knowledge and and play whatever position is going to make the offense uh, the offensive line a brick wall again because to be quite honest do I care who is where no I don't as long as that quarterback whoever is in there, whether it's Cooper Rush for these next few weeks because Dak is coming back, or it's Dak Prescott, just protect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That is really all I want. I don't care who is where. That's another conversation that I am done with. I'm done with a lot of these conversations <laughs> and, today, guys. And, and Kelsey, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned
4: that you didn't want him. You didn't like that Tyler was playing. Like The idea of Jason Peters coming in and playing left tackle and then Tyler moving to guard. But I'm going to do some digging. I've definitely heard, heard of it. There's been quite a few um, offensive linemen that have came in and played guard their first season and then moved to tackle. Yep. And it was successful for them. Yeah. And like you just said, Jess, like, I think that we limit Tyler with our experiences and what we have seen. Yeah. But this guy has improved every single time you saw him. Min- like, rookie mini camp, OTAs, yeah. training camp. Then he comes out here and puts this tape out here. And it's just like – and don't get it wrong. Like, there's some communication errors. There's some stuff with his yeah. hands. But at the He's same still- time – you, you, you've got an idea of what you can get from him at left i I, I would like to see this line like in full strength because they they may be able to run the ball on people and they can't stop with with Jason yeah. Peters Also, what
1: I, what I was gonna say what I love about uh, Tyler Smith is he is not as vocal as Micah Parsons mm-hmm. but he has the same desire to be great yes, yeah he and does. that's what's in, that's what stands out to me yeah, about Tyler. I mean, he says all the right things. He's so team first. He is such a sponge and it seems like you can continue putting things on his plate and mm-hmm. I I, that's
2: impressive. I think if anybody's going to be successful in moving positions, if they ask him to, it's going to be him. Because, one, you already know the terminology. It's really just a matter of, of uh, I guess, coordination and where to put your feet and, and things like that. Bottom bottom body strength, if, if that's a term, right? But it's a matter of, of, you know, readjusting muscle memory, all of that stuff. But I also think with how he has shown his performance so far uh, in the season with a lot of people betting against him, Hey, I, I have no reason to say he's not going to show everybody, you know, he can be great at really any position he's put in. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, we're going to take another break here. Uh, when we come back, some pass interference stats and uh, just some of our final thoughts as it relates to this game uh, against New York. Going to be an interesting one. All right, girls talk, boys talk here on uh, the Cowboys radio station. We are brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys
0: Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
6: If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844 326 6266. That's 844- 326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com.
4: With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim blended without added sugar
2: smoothie king rule the day
1: welcome back to girls talk a boys talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys
2: but first Are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Well, nominate yourself or a friend to be the Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Sounds very hot. Now, nominate yourself or a friend at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. If you think you have someone in mind, I can name a few people, but uh, I'll let you all do your nominations.
1: Uh, Guys, I want to use this as a moment. I'll use that as a transition who are you the biggest fan of on this team as you head into this Monday night football game? Hmm. Tater tots. I gotta Start go first. Dang.
4: Yeah. Uh, I love catching the <laughs> Uh Let's see. Okay. No Who am I the biggest fan of going into this game right now? Cavante Turpin. Mm, you are high
1: on Cavante.
4: I'm high on Cavante yeah. Turpin because I see if I see the opportunities that he has in this game, I'm assuming that he sees it too. Mm. So I'm really hoping he takes advantage of it because. Like, that's what he was brought here for, and this team is not good at special teams coverage. Let's go.
2: And, you know... Somebody, mine, mine's going to be the obvious answer is Noah Brown, but uh, something that's interesting about Cavonte Turpin is he's the special teams guy, right? It's very similar to Noah's Br- Noah Brown's story of he's the special teams guy. Now he's getting his chance on the offense to really show who he is as a player. Uh, I'm going to say my uh, Michael Gallup. Oh my goodness. Noah Brown. Um, we were just talking about Michael Gallup during the break, but I'm going to say Noah Brown because I listened to his interview yesterday and he was so open to talking about how difficult last year was for him specifically and just how difficult it it's been for him to get to this point in his career, um, and and just hearing any player come out and be so vulnerable about things when it, it you know, pertains to mental health and and all of that, Absolutely. you gain my respect 100. percent. So I'm gonna keep rooting for you, Noah Brown. If I can find a jersey anywhere, that is gonna be mine, and we're gonna wear it. But get it custom. I, I'm I need to because I need to I need to sport it. But I'm gonna say Noah Brown this week. I really expect him to have another good week, but else? that's a cliche answer.
3: I'm going to, honestly, I'll keep the cliches going. Mike is an easy one. But I also, I'm going to go ahead and give props to my guy, Cooper Rush. Okay. I think I was the first person who was like, oh, God, like, here we go. But I really have a lot of respect for what he's been able to do. I will be. I know it's only been a few weeks, but it's no small task to be able to come in and be able to continue to keep this team afloat. Not only the state of where it is right now in terms of the injuries that this team's dealing with, but also just the fact that, you're doing it on this massive stake. The Cowboys inevitably, especially as a quarterback, you have so much on your shoulders. And so I just big props to him. I, I really think that he's going to take this as seriously as possible. And I have high hopes for what he's going to do this weekend. Jane? I was looking
1: for the game log because I was curious how Michael Gallup was when he came back <laughs> after missing seven games last year. Even though he's going to yeah. be on a pitch count in this one. And I do think they're going to be forced to respect him. I do think they're going to shift a little of that coverage over to Noah Brown after what he did last week. Obviously, they're going to continue uh, to focus on uh, CeeDee Lamb. But I think Michael Gallup has been chomping at the bit to come back, particularly because he's such a – uh, he's such a people pleaser. Yeah. And I think he, he's the type of guy that actually feels grateful that the Cowboys brought him back. And I think mm-hmm. it bothered him that he had the injury. And I feel like he's the type of guy that wants to step up and prove that he was worth the contract. So I think he is going to make the most, if if he plays on Monday, which is what it looks like, I think even though he'll be on the pitch count, I think he's going to make the most of it. So Michael Gallup is the guy I'm the biggest fan of heading into this game on Monday. I can
4: believe that. Love that. I can believe that. Well, and That's and good Especially one. against their, these, their, just being honest, their, their corners are, they're not small, but they don't have a whole bunch of size. So if you, I mean, I would be looking for him maybe to be bodying people if he gets the chance. I want a little toe drag swag from him.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Right. maybe, maybe those, those stylistic catches run up that the, he gets, run up the seams. please bring it. That'd be nice to Speak Speaking into existence. I'm here for that Yes, entirely. yes. Well, past interference. Yep. Uh, Jane wanted me to read this earlier this week, and we all get so caught up talking about these things. We get so excited. But this is from RJ Ochoa. Shout out to RJ, who you all know I just respect so, so much and is awesome. Anyways, RJ from Blogging the Boys, he tweeted out, the 2021 Dallas Cowboys, this is a list, okay, lost to the Bucks. On week one on NBC, won week two against an AFC team off of a last-second field goal. The score was 20 to 17 and won the NFC East so far in 2022. The Cowboys lost to the Bucks on week one on NBC, won week two against an AFC team on a last-second field goal. The final score, as we know, was 20 to 17. What will that last, last dash be? Are we going to see another NFC East win to kind of match 2021 to 22? To be continued. RJ Ochoa always finds these obscure
1: stats. Like, I just you feel know like what? he's always just like in his basement, like, <laughs> and, oh, and just
2: coming up with
1: information it, that the drives the fact that this I, man, the boys is outstanding. The
2: fact that this man could relate the Cowboys to Taylor Swift when she announced it's her Midnight album, oh. I cannot. I like, he's I can't like, keep up full with full RJ's mind. Like, Illuminati. He's, he's like, you know, one touchdown here, three touchdowns
3: here equals. Four Super Bowls incoming, and I'm like, you know what? I'm buying everything you're (laughs) selling. He and Bobby
1: Bell literally have the most beautiful minds. It is like I can't even remember what I ate yesterday, (laughs) and these guys can remember like a game log from five seasons ago. It's fascinating. All right, well, I am off tomorrow along with Kelsey Charles. We introduced you to Haley, the amazing new yeah. Dallas Cowboys team reporter. She will be hosting this one with Aisha and Jess. And so we look forward to, talk to you, talking to you on Monday. Hopefully, it's another victory one. Well, we'll actually talk to you on Tuesday. Oh, yep. yeah, that is. Gotta love these weeks. Carry the two. All right, we will. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!